Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Uh, the Bible is a wonderful, wonderful thing, but it's not just a book. If you ask any of my confirmation students from last year, they will tell you that the Bible is not just a book. It is a library. In fact, there are how many books in the Bible? Oh, you guys are much better than the other two services. Well done. Some of you have to go back to catechism there. That's right. There's 66 books in the Bible. How many in the old? Oh, so close. 39. How many in the new? Do the math. 27. Very good. Well done. You know, uh, the Bible has all these different books in it. And in the books, there's different writers and there's different genres of writing. There's poetry and letters. There's biography and history. And all these different styles uh, address different audiences of different times and in different things. But all of these books and all these styles and all these people are stories in the Bible about people trying to discern God's way and God's will. Ultimately, the Bible is God's story. Matthew 13 is a wonderful chapter in a wonderful gospel. And it has a specific literary style that we call parables. Parables are what I like to call the visual aid to the mind's eye. Often considered a simple story told by Jesus, a parable can be very complex without just a singular meaning. Some consider the interpretation of a parable kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion. Well, today we come to a rather well-known parable called the sower and the seeds. It's the first parable found in Matthew 13, and it all centers around a farmer. Now, we have a few farmers here in the congregation, and I'm married to a wonderful wife who is the daughter of a farmer. And so over the years, and especially as a pastor, I get lots of articles and email forwards and things like that. I've accumulated a list of things, advice, and good, wise sayings from farmers. I have six of them that I'd like to share with you, and let's see if any of them relate. Number one, keep skunks, bankers, and lawyers away from you. Forgive your enemies, it messes with their heads. Okay. Number three, never corner something that is meaner than you. That's very good truth. Number four, life is simpler when you simply plow around the stump. True story. When you wallow with pigs, expect to get dirty. And number six, this last piece of advice, always drink upstream from the herd. Let that one sink in there for a second. Jesus told lots and lots of stories about farmers. And today's text is one of those stories. However, the farmer in this story is not particularly good at his profession. Jesus tells a story of an unnamed farmer who went out to sow seed. Now this guy might as well, if I were to name him, we call him Johnny Appleseed. Because this guy's just putting seed everywhere. I mean, not thinking about it, just throwing it. And he was scattering the seed, and some fell upon different kinds of soil. Some fell along a path. Well, I am a city boy. I grew up on the west side of Columbus. And yes, even I at one point thought that corn came from Kroger. <laughs> However, even I know you don't put seed on a path where people are walking because it won't grow and won't penetrate the hard-packed soil. So Jesus says, birds came and ate the seed that had fallen by the path. Some other seed, Jesus said, fell upon rocky places where there's not a whole lot of soil. Again, not a very good place to sow seed. Resulting is that the plants spring up quickly, 
but their roots were very, very shallow. So when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered away because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, Jesus said, which grew up and choked the plants. So those didn't survive either. So this farmer is 0 for 3 at this point. Looks like he's going to have a pretty poor harvest this year. Finally, however, he got lucky. Some of the seed fell on good soil, and it produced a crop, a miraculous crop, up to a hundred times what was sown. This indeed will not be a bad year for the farmer at all. Where good seed falls on good soil, amazing things can happen. It reminds me of something Robert Schuller once said. He said, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. The greatest things in this world, including the kingdom of God, start with a small seed. Of course, this story is normally referred to as the parable of the sower, but it's not about farming at all. It's, about a careless, it's not about a careless farmer, but rather a very generous God. A God who sows seeds of love for all people. But different kinds of people respond to God's love in different ways. Jesus describes these all as different kinds of soil. The first condition of the heart is perhaps one that we come into contact most often. It's a hardness of heart. Jesus painted a picture of a soil that had become so hard-packed under so many feet. How many of you ever had a shortcut to your friend's house or school through somebody's yard? You know what I mean. The cow path, right? You know what that kind of looks like. This is hard soil where seed cannot take root, but birds would come along and eat up all the seed. It's easy to become hardened in this life, isn't it? The pressures of work, all the to-do lists between work and family, it can make us kind of hard. It's easy to become hardened when you watch the 6 o'clock news. Anybody watch the 6 o'clock news and we actually do a scavenger hunt to look for good news? I know maybe you're like us, but every once in a while after we've had a long day or things like that, we'll end up eating a meal and watching the news. And yet as we eat and we watch, what do we see on the television? We see dead, charred, mutilated bodies, but what's interesting is we don't stop eating. We see the news of teenagers killing each other or committing suicide, terrible car crashes, roadside bombings in the Middle East. We've all seen it before. The result is that we become desensitized to the point where we have become that hard, crusted soil that Jesus is talking about in this story. When it all happens, I know. When it all happens, the result of the seed of the kingdom of God doesn't come to fruition. Then there's a second condition that Jesus talks about. He says that some seed fell on thick briar patches and eventually choked the plant. Jesus went on to explain that the briar patches in, represent life and, and worry and wealth that can distract the heart. I think we all understand the basic principle of the deceitfulness of wealth. I've told the story, and I like to tell it again, of a rich man who went to a rabbi. He was very, very depressed. He had a real tough time in life. And he said, Rabbi, I really need your help. So the rabbi took him by the arm, and they walked over to a window. And he said, look out this 
and see what, tell me what you see. He said, I see men, women, and children. The rabbi took him by the arm again and went over to a mirror. He said, now tell me what you see. He said, I see myself. Again, the rabbi took him by the hand and he said, behold, there is glass in the window and there's glass in the mirror. But the glass of the mirror is covered with just a little bit of silver. And it is no sooner that silver is added that you cease to see others and see only yourself. I think we all understand how wealth can insulate us from the world when that becomes our one main focus, when it becomes our false idol. But you know, I don't know about you, but anybody feel like their house is sometimes cluttered? Anybody? All right. I mean, seriously, has anybody ever tried to do a garage sale and you're like, where did this come from? And how can I sell it? You know, your, your attic, your garage, whatever. You clean, you clean, you clean. Sometimes it's not just the stuff in our house, but it's also the stuff in the house of our hearts. I mean, how many of us look at our calendars and say, we are way too busy? We are way, way, way too busy. This is what Jesus is more to the point talking about. You see, the weeds and the briars can also represent busyness. And they have a tendency to choke out the kingdom of God within us. When we don't allow ourselves for time for reflection and prayer, we don't allow ourselves time to go to Bible study or worship. Why? Because the ground is covered with weeds. Because we're busy. Because we're worried things won't get done or won't get resolved. Not many of us are wealthy, but how many of us worry too much? Worry has the same power of wealth to crowd out the important things in life. Jesus understood this, and he saw it as an impediment to the kingdom of God. So the result is that the seed of the kingdom of God doesn't come to full fruition. The parable goes on to say that other seeds fell on rocky ground, where there was not much soil. The seed immediately sprouted, but there was no depth of soil, and it soon withered away. Sound familiar? How many of us have those people in our lives, maybe it's us, where we're, there's quick starters, but they fade fast? The enthusiast who fails to follow through. The gospel suffers from those who grasp the challenge, but retreat from the pain. Those who seek Christ's gift, but resent the cost of discipleship. This is the third condition of the heart. The person who gives up when they're challenged. Anybody who like movies? Anybody? I've got one. Okay, awesome, great, good. One of my favorite movies, series of all time, is Rocky, Rocky Balboa, right? The Italian Stallion. Love that guy. Love Rockies. Everyone knows the first and the fourth are the best. Anyway, um, Rocky, I love this guy. Why? Because this guy gets beat up. This guy gets beat up all the time. And he goes, yo, Adrian. That's my best Rocky. Anyway, uh, yo, Adrian. And, and, and he's, he never gives up. That's what I love about Rocky. He's always underrated, but he never gives up. In fact, he's got his own theme song. How many of us would love to be walking down the street with our own theme song? You know, he's got his own theme song. And what's his theme song? Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. Don't make me sing it alone. It's the thrill of the fight. You know it. Don't pretend you don't. Anyway. Great, 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 great movie. I love Rocky Balboa because he never, ever, ever gives up. There's that old saying, when the going gets tough, but do we whenever it gets tough when following Jesus? 
I mean, would we rather do something else other than go to the Bible study? Would we rather watch the news rather than do a morning devotion? Would we rather not risk the chance that somebody would reject us rather than talk to someone about the gospel of Jesus Christ when we're out other than here? Does the going, when the going gets tough, do we get tougher? It's interesting. I, many of you remember, uh, my mom died uh, on Monday, Thursday. And some of you wondered how I could get in the pulpit on Easter and proclaim the resurrection. It's because my, the roots that I have in faith are not shallow. It's because I really do believe it. I really do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died and rose again. And because he lives, so I will live also. And so will you. When we don't keep the faith in the midst of difficult times, our roots are shallow. And it will always be difficult for an in-depth gospel to penetrate a shallow heart. The result is that the seed of the kingdom of God doesn't come to fruition. But then Jesus said there's seed that fell on good soil, that fourth kind. Good, fertile soil. And in the season of great harvest came forth and it produced 30, 60, even 100 fold. It's interesting to note that Jesus mentions this last. Because this is the thrust of the story. True, there are going to be failures in this life. There will be. But the good news is that there's also victory. Jesus explained in this last example what it meant for a person who hears the word of God and acts accordingly. Now let me say this. I could end the sermon right here and be done. And everyone would say, hey. But I'm not going to. Instead, I want to say this, okay? I hope all of us want our hearts to be good soil. But there, the fact of the matter is, is that we're sinners as well as saints, and our hearts won't always be good soil. It is important for us to till the land. It's important for us to till the ground of our hearts and lives so that the seed of God's gospel message, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ is coming again, it's important to till that soil in our hearts so that when the seed is there, God's gospel message, that by God's grace, through faith in Christ, we are free from sin, death, and the power of the devil. We want that to take root in our lives. But here's the thing. You might be sitting there right now saying to yourself, you know what? I'm never going to be good enough for God. I'm never going to have good soil. Brothers and sisters, you want to know something? All of us need to be constantly tilling our hearts. But the good news is this. This sower, this sower is so good that this sower even finds good soil where none is expected. How many of you have ever seen a flower spring up between cracks on a sidewalk? How many of you have grass growing right now in the crack in your, your driveway? God is such a great sower, throwing seed of the gospel everywhere, that God in life, in our hearts, will, will find the good soil. Even if it's in the midst of the cracks of sidewalks in our life, God is so great that God will find the good soil in you. And in that good soil, God will spring up the gospel life within you. The question is, is that when you see that life, will you just simply put some weed eater on it and try to kill it? Or are you going to try to move stuff out of the way so that more blossoming and growth can occur? God so wants 
to get all, for us to till that ground of our hearts, to get all that stuff out of the way and let the life that the gospel message has for us bloom. And then we take that seed and we start scattering it ourselves. The ability of the sower of our great God to find good soil strengthens us and gives us hope that we too might bear an abundant harvest for the kingdom of God. Let those who have ears hear and let them hear. And may we receive and spread that gospel seed that produces an abounding harvest. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.